tonight about the Exodus, a deliverance of God's people, and also a prelude to establishing a kingdom. Now, there are three things required to have a kingdom. First, a king, which is God. Next is an area of dominion required for the king to rule, which is the object of this exodus to establish an area that is to be ruled by the king. Finally, a kingdom requires inhabitants which are subject to his rule. God has chosen the Hebrews to be his own particular people. Deuteronomy 14.2 For you are a people holy to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his treasured procession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Today we are in Exodus 17 at Rephidim, where there is no water. The grumbling is more intense, and the anger is directed at Moses. Pick it up in verse 2 at 17. And Moses said to them, Why do you test the Lord? Moses cried to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take it in your hand, the staff, which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Once again, a total lapse of remembrance of past deliverances of God by his people. The people rejoice, and then with the slightest experience of need, the people are back to grumbling. Walking strictly by sight, not by faith. Can anybody identify with that? But now conflict will test them as Amalek has come to fight. Going back to the rock, faith ought to be cumulative. When one first comes to Christ, the first few crises will not want off their pins. But as God proves his faithfulness, faith begins to build until you say, I have no idea on how this is going to get me out of this mess. But I know he is faithful and will help me. That ought to be the case for a genuine believer. But let me suggest that it's still true today as it was with the Israelites that distrust in God always is manifested in criticism of the leadership. Let me suggest that one of the most destructive things that can affect the life of a congregation is their grumbling and willingness to set aside the current leadership, often over non-critical issues. This is accompanied by the willingness to disbelieve that God can use whoever is in the leadership position. I have never personally been involved in a situation, but I have heard and read of many such incidences. So often it seems to happen after a significant growth of blessing of the church. And that comes to mind, Matthew 13, verses 24 through 26. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven 
may be compared to the man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared. Also, in Bible fellowship situation, with the, with the way our new facility is not entirely clear, there well may be that our slow progress may cause some of our congregation to do that very thing, grumble or complain. These people may feel they have a right to complain and grumble, but that is not the way I read Romans 12, 3 through 5. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same functions. You get that? Do not all have the same function. Not everybody is a decision maker. So we, though many, are one body with Christ, and individual members are one another. Moses learned very quickly to take it to God. He did not react against the grumblers. just said, God, this is your problem. Sort it out. Which God did a reasonably good, a reasonably good job. Then there is the battle with Amalek. <clears throat> Battles are not won by the uh, by the ones with the most tanks or artillery, but by the ones who have the rod of God. Also, there is the proposition of having the right leader, but he can become weak and need to be supported, as Aaron and Hur did with Moses. As soon as should we do with God, our appointed leaders. When, when God was raised, the Israelites prevailed. When his arms drooped, the Amalek prevailed. It was when he was fully, he being Moses, fully supported by his assistants, did Joshua and the Israelites mow down the Amaleks and carried the day. Shalom and blessings, and have a very good day.